Welcome back to the Global Digital Banker. My name is Adele Grisov and this is RFI Group's Insight Back podcast focused on key trends, thought leadership and best practice within the fast-growing and dynamic world of digital banking. Our Money 2020 coverage continues this week with a number of interviews from day two of the event. Our guests include Sebastian Simiakowski, co-founder and CEO at Klarna, Matthias Kroner, CEO Fidor Bank, Alain Fallis and Michael Roth, co-founders for YoYo Wallet, and Miles Stevenson, CEO at Modular. Here's what they have to say. Sebastian, thank you so much for sitting down with me at Money 2020 in Amsterdam. It's great to be in Europe with you. Love just to start with what's happening with Klarna, how things are going at the moment. We're great, uh, very exciting. We're growing really fast. Uh, we just announced that we're hiring a thousand people. A thousand? A thousand people. Wow, okay. So we're going from uh, 2,000 to 3,000, which is crazy. Um, also in the UK, really happy about the success with ASOS and uh, the pickup with consumers has been amazing. So there's a lot of great things going on. It's really fun. Well, a thousand people, how will that be deployed? What's, what's the focus? I have thousand? no idea. <laughs> no, it's, it's going to be, a lot of it is in Berlin and Stockholm where we're hiring a lot of engineers and product people and so forth. So we think there's you know massive opportunity right now in the market and we want to pursue it. I love it. Klarna's growing so quickly. How are you keeping with the culture of what you created at Klarna? I'm saying this because we spoke on stage at, in Vegas last right. year and about the culture of your company and how, how passionate you are about right. that. How do you do that when you're building at such growth and scale? I think that more recently we did a change in how we work, where we really said, look, we have become too corporate, uh, we have become too strict, and we need to really empower people even further. So what we've done, we took the whole organization, we split it up in 250 startups, each one laser focused on creating customer value in some area, right? And I want to improve the way we do returns, how people with returns. We want to improve the way people shop online with one click or whatever. They have a laser shop with one problem and they're end-to-end responsible for that. And they have the confidence that they need to solve it. Whether it's marketing people, engineers, whatever, we just mix everyone as necessary. So that has shown massive success. Where do you look to for innovation? So geographically, or it might be by industry, just really interested to hear about what you've seen innovatively that you think that's really impressive. I'm watching now, I've got my eye on No, I think that's, you know, in China, we pay and Alipay. They, to me, are much more obsessed with how do they solve everyday problems, right? So how do they make it easier for their customers? I think the tech companies that we've had in the West feels like they've been mostly focusing, hey, give me your data and I'll take as much of your attention as I can get, right? Because then I can sell more ads. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't want to be here and grabbing your attention. I want to solve problems for you take the relief time of you. And so those Chinese companies impress me, but even companies like right now, Uber has had a lot of negative publicity, but if I think about the fact that like, they do things like, hey, I'm waiting for an Uber, and then tell me, actually it has a red light, so we're really late, great, I'll take another drink, or I'll enjoy you know, a longer conversation yeah. with my friend as a consequence. Those are the things that have value. So I think I look into those companies as people that are really dead focused on how do I take problems away? Yeah. How do I allow them to do things that they want to enjoy? Absolutely, absolutely. It's, it's, it's taking away all the mundane pieces, exactly. simple task solving. Money 2020 in Amsterdam, obviously the circus theme. If you were in a circus, Sebastian, if you had a role, right. what would your role be? Well, my wife is into uh, saving lions, so okay. I would obviously have to be like something like taming lions or something, but I think she might be angry with me because I guess she's not in favor of keeping oh, lions taming. in circuses. Yeah, yeah. 
But I guess still, that would be probably what I'm trying to do. It sounds scary and exciting. It sounds exciting. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much. Matthias, so wonderful to be speaking to you at Money 2020 in Amsterdam. Tell me how it's all going. How's it going with Fidor and big international expansion of late? Well, you know, as, as you can see here in Amsterdam, uh, the whole fintech environment seems to be a remaining vibrant environment, which uh, I think was not to be expected years ago when we all started that. Uh, I remember the first meetings in Money 2020 when it all was smaller, even in Europe when they started, I think three years ago or something, like in Copenhagen. Amsterdam is really another step forward. I think the whole show is very interesting. So that, that environment is great. Feeder, I think, is doing great as well. We have great successes. We have some partners now on our Fido solution technology part that are going live, like uh, Natexas Algeria in Algeria, offering the first mobile banking in the NAFTA region, uh, just to name one of them. Algeria is yeah. an interesting market. Talk Isn't to me it? about yeah. Talk to me about how that came about. <laughs> well, actually, uh, it came with our main shareholder Bipisu Group, mm -hmm. uh, and Natexas is part of that. The CEO is a very, let me say, active personality and he approached us very early and said that would be something for his environment uh, and we are happy following up to this initiative because we believe very much into what we call inclusion banking like getting digital solutions to underbank markets uh, and they are live and running they increase their account opening rates and everything so this is exactly what it should be it's going well fantastic i love it i mean the financial inclusion piece something i am particularly so, passionate yeah, about yeah well. because it's, it's so see. much important isn't it yeah. for, for achieving stable societies in their countries and so on i think it's it's really crucial to deliver fair banking it, it, it's crucial to lives and saving lives Some, uh, one of the reasons i'm so passionate about fintech is because i think it does actually change lives banking the unbanked financial inclusion diversity so many themes that we're seeing here in Amsterdam have been some of the big highlights for you. What are, what are you enjoying listening to? Well, actually, of course, we see a lot of payments still, but yeah. which surprises me a little that this is um, still in this kind of magnitude around. You know, I thought we will see some consolidation. I remember the Copenhagen show two years ago, it was at least 70% payment. Now this is decreasing. Yeah. I find it to be very interesting that we see more AI yeah. data-driven uh, data stuff around. So this is, I would say, very, very important. Um, out of my perception, 50% is blockchain and, and crypto. Yeah. Innovation, where you're looking to in the world for innovation geographically and also industry, retail, travel, financial services, where do you think there's some really great innovation happening? Well, let, let, let me start it off by internationally or geographically. I would, I'm really following what happens in Asia because I see this environment to be extremely interesting. Uh, it's by definition a marketplace that is growing by 50% over the next, I think, 10 to 15 years just by, by demographical development. Yes. So this is super interesting, uh, such a growing marketplace. Imagine the numbers to this. This is billions of people, you know. Amazing. And their um, adoption rates are so quick as well. When that, they is, adopt, that is exactly what I wanted to in. share now. Is adoption rate is, is not what we see in Europe, you know. As a you know German, I can say, I can be very critical with the adoption rate in Germany. It's, yeah. it's, 
you know, we Germans only like innovation once it's in a car. But everything outside the car is very spooky to us. Oh, okay. This is totally <laughs> the opposite in Asia, for instance. They have two mobile phones, but no bank account. And, and yeah. here we go, you know. So this is why I really follow everything what is happening there. Uh, look to the Chinese guys, you know. Yeah. Um, their adoption rates, their growth rates, making us pale all the day long, to be honest. Yeah. You know, it's just impressive what they achieved there. So following industries, I think e-commerce still is one of the biggest driver of acceptance uh, because e-commerce is one of the big purposes that we people use our mobile phones or use our web applications. E-commerce now picking, out, no, no, picking up on the mobile phone more than on web actually showing us the trends there. Always love to finish on this question. Money 2020 Amsterdam has this circus theme, which is so exciting. If you were to be involved in some way, shape or form, as a performer perhaps in a circus, what would your role be? Well, as a matter of fact, I have to say, sometimes I really feel like a clown. <laughs> so, okay. so I guess that is my role, no matter whether I want it really or not. The uh, most important role in a circus, yeah, surely. It, it, it is. At least the kids are really looking forward for that. Yeah. Listen, thank you so much, Matthias. So nice to speak to you. Great. Thank you. Sarah Hollinshead here from the Global Digital Banker at Money 2020 Amsterdam. I am so pleased to be joined by not one, but two of the co-founders of YoYo Wallets, Alain Valis and Michael Rowe. Thank you so much for joining me today. Great, thank you. Uh, so we're going to talk a little bit about the world of loyalty, which is where you guys are really excelling. What are you seeing happening in this space and what's the impact that it's having on retailers and also on the fintech business? So um, I don't think you can talk about the world of loyalty now without really starting off with GDPR and the fact that there's some fundamental structural changes in terms of how retailers and brands can think about interacting with their customers. Very quickly, long gone are the days of sort of these email-based lists that have been collated. And really, the sort of the digital-first mentality that has come in over the last five years since the inception of YoYo is really starting to take a hold. And so what we're seeing from retailers is that a lot of them are realizing that if they don't have a mobile-first loyalty strategy either in play or coming into play, then they're really starting to sweat about what their future looks like. So it's GDPR has made this opportunity even bigger for you guys as a company because that mass marketing has just basically gone out the window. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. There's the fundamental shift in SANS in terms of how a retailer can think about engaging with their customer. Whereas if it's mobile-centric, and obviously what we do at Yo-Yo Wallet is essentially we help retailers get to know their customer by identifying them at the point of sale and yeah. match them to their basket data. And by doing that, we can automate an end-to-end -end transaction experience. So not only do you pay, but you receive your loyalty stamps, your loyalty points. And so, you know, fundamentally, if you've got a choice of creating an engaging, you know, strategy around how you utilize mobile first experiences versus dropping yet another email, yeah. you know, what do you want to, what is it you do that's going to have the most impact? And the expectation now of the consumers that loyalty should be personalized the era of being spammed you know, through email, but also through social channels, yeah. is fast coming over. And you cannot have loyalty without data. So we capture all the basket data of a transaction. So the experience that you have on Netflix or Amazon, we're transporting that experience on the high street with all these retailers. And that really transforms the way that consumers and retailers interact, because it's all based on actual purchasing preferences. So customized loyalty is, is the way to go. 
And you're celebrating five years this year, which is incredible. So you're very ahead in terms of this mobile first proposition. Are you seeing much increased competition in the space? I wouldn't say we're seeing increased competition. If anything, there's been a lot of clarity that's come into the market over the last five years as some of the big guys that have come in and launched their payment services. Mm. The reality is that there's massive gaps to actually provide real value added services. Yeah. So from our point of view, we're really enjoying the fact that we've focused so much of our time and energy on creating these interactions that you know, really have consumer experience at the heart of products, but at the same time, a complete awareness that you've got to add value to the retailer who looks at the payment industry as one that's being highly commoditized. And I think it's fair to say that retail is changing so much. So creating these delightful experiences is tying in with the way that retail is developing. Like you think about brands, some of their actual stores barely sell anything. They're sort of experiences now. I've seen a few things on the main stage talking about this change from, you know, creating online to offline brand building experiences rather than just back in the day when you just go in and buy a T-shirt. Yeah. And again, it's a lot of focus has been on trying to transform the payment experience. Yeah. And I think this is like barking at the, the wrong tree here. I mean, the, the, the retailers are expecting something very di different and they're not expecting a new payment methods. Um, they're expecting to leverage the data that sits into their point of sale system and leveraging the fact that you can now communicate via the super smartphones we have in our hands mm -hmm. to, to create that, you know, different interactions and ultimately increase loyalty and increase sales. So what you see a lot here, you know, in Money 2020 is, is a lot of talks about innovation around payment, yeah. but you know, I don't think there's a lot of innovations around payment, frankly. Mm. Um, the innovation which is happening now is innovation around data and the use of data. With the extra protection that you know, the regulator has created, mm. it's great for everybody. It's great for the consumer, obviously, more control, and it's great for the retailer. Mm. So you mentioned data as a huge focus for the industry. What are some of the other themes that are coming out of Money 2020 this year for you that you're finding quite exciting? I think there's obviously a lot going on out there around sort of um, you know, cryptology. We've seen a lot of startups here with their booths here about how they're sort of adding security into the, sort of the payment services. Actually, not so much around blockchain. Mm. I was expecting that to be a word that would be appearing on every other person's stand. But yeah, the hype seems happen. to have cooled a bit. Yeah, <laughs> I think let's, let's talk about China. That is actually it is something which is very much top of mind yeah. for a lot of players. I mean, a lot of traditional players. And there's a reason for it. Uh, you know, the Alipay wallet or the WeChat wallets, actually the dominant wallets out there in terms of by actual sheer number. Yeah. It's interesting because there are wallets that are based on QR code, the wallets that are based on, again, enhancing the experience between the retailer and the consumer, which is very much our strategy. So we take comfort in the fact that actually there's a massive success story uh, coming out of, of that part of the world. I don't think it's a, a de facto you know, a conclusion that Alipay and WeChat will conquer the world. I think the, the infrastructure here is much different. The, the incumbents are, are actually quite powerful. And if the incumbents play with people like YoYo, which they are starting to do, we're creating effectively you know, a more European or US or North American centric uh, versions of these, of these Chinese solutions, which I think is quite interesting. Yeah, I think the prominence of, of these Chinese companies in Europe is actually understated. So. We're asking all of our uh, interviews on the podcast just a fun question to close it off. Uh, so it is circus themed this year at Money 2020 Amsterdam. If yourselves, as Yo-Yo, were to play a role in the circus, what do you think it would be? 
So I think uh, we'd, we'd probably be the guys that owned the circus. It's a, it's a clear answer. Perfect. All right. Well, thank you so much, guys, for joining me. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank, thank you. you so much, sir. Sarah Hollinshead here from the Global Digital Banker. Really pleased to be joined by Miles Stevenson, who's the CEO and founder of Modular. So thanks so much for joining me, Miles. Good morning, pleasure. So P2P payments platform, and you've had an incredible acceleration over the last two years. And you've also got a great experience in the industry uh, in terms of the payments. And this event, loads of payments in terms of conversation and companies represented. So what do you think are some of the most important themes that are coming out of the event? What's exciting you around Money 2020 this year? So, so I think it's great to see the real variety and mix of providers here and, and really alternative providers to show the challenge to the banks and the alternatives that exist in the market. And if you look across the, the exhibit hall, the real mix the providers, uh, it's a fantastic to see that. And we are literally standing with a bird's eye view of a giant exhibition hall. There are lots of companies here. Is there enough space for all of these companies within the payments ecosystem or are there going to be some winners and losers? What's your thoughts on that? There's certainly a huge amount going on in the space and uh, it's getting more competitive. Therefore, I think it is important to pick out your niches and as we're trying to do in B2B, it's very important to be very clear on what you're targeting, what you're not, yeah. uh, because there's an awful lot going on evidenced by the number of people here. Absolutely. And just explain for our listeners a little bit about what niche uh, Modular plays in. Yeah, so we're a B2B payments platform enabling corporates to get paid, reconcile and pay out, providing an alternative to corporate transaction banking. In terms of PSD2, so this is a massive theme across the agenda and from a lot of conversations that we're having. What is the impacts on you at the moment, you as and Modular, and what do you think are going to be the impacts on the industry overall? I think the honest answer at the moment is it's still getting going and, and particularly from a payments initiation point of view there is very little traction so far because everyone has been focused quite rightly initially on getting the data services up and running, getting the integrations going, testing and, and therefore there is very little in the market at the moment and the, the banks are still completing their readiness so I think it, if I'm honest too early to say okay. and I think the uh, impact longer term is going to be transformational but there's a long long way to go. And for Modular yourselves, how are you focusing on it? So we're, we're starting to do the integrations we're, we're, um, and we're going through the authorization process with the FCA to become a what's called a third-party processor to enable us to integrate, but it is early days. And so you're targeting the, the sort of mid to large corporates. Uh, how much have you seen a shift in terms of focus on the business banking side of things recently? In terms, of, I think people have focused more on the user experience and, and one of the big themes for us is that in our consumer lives, our experience with banks and banking services has moved on tremendously through mobile banking. In the corporate world, we, we've seen it sort of standing still and if anything going backwards because there's been an underinvestment of integration tools, services, yeah. usability and, and that's where we're heavily focused to enable people to have the same experience they have in their consumer lives, in their corporate lives, and, and improve usability significantly. Beyond usability, or just dive a little bit deeper into that, what are the big frustrations for your corporate customers? The key where we focus is that usability, but from a deep integration point of view, so making it really easy for them in, to integrate it into a platform. So, so we enable their developers to go onto our developer center, take the API, build it in w within hours, so they can really create a payments experience that they want for their customers or they want internally so that they deliver true straight through processing efficiency and, and that type of usability would clearly very different to a consumer experience but that's the type of experience that our corporates are looking for. Just to finish off, so it's a question we're asking every interviewer. Uh, if you were to play a role in the circus, circus theme all around us this year, what, what would that be? Gosh, well that's, that's a difficult question and, and I guess being um, in payments then we, we'd have to be in the box office. 
<laughs> Perfect response. Thanks so much for joining me today, Miles. Thank you very much. We hope you enjoyed today's special. Be sure to tune in again tomorrow to hear from day three at Money 2020 Europe. To view the show notes from this episode, head to globaldigitalbanker.com. To get in touch with us, check out our Instagram, Global Digital Banker, Twitter at GTB Podcast, or on Facebook under Global Digital Banker Podcast. If you're interested in being a part of the show or would like to let us know what you think of this episode, email us at gdbpodcast at rfigroup.com.